everyone here this morning. Uh, if you're able to rise, we'd love for you to join us in singing our opening hymn, 259, 259, To God Be the Glory. We came here this morning to give God the glory, to put away all distractions of the world, and just focus on God this morning. To God Be the Glory, hymn 259, To God Be the Glory, then we'll have an opening word of prayer. pray. Heavenly Father, we so thank you again for today that we gather together here to worship you and to praise your name here, Lord. We also thank you again the privilege that we have this liberty to worship together as a church here, Lord. We just want to pray for this worship to be to glorify your name as a church here, Lord. And as, as preachers preach, as a preacher preaches your word to your people for your glory here, Please help him to be filled fill with the Holy Spirit. And then as he preaches your word, please help us to listen to your word through him and apply to your word to our lives here. We just want to thank you again for everything what God has done for us. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue in worship of the Lord, we would love for you to join us in singing the Solid Rock hymn 394. 
hymn 394, The Solid Rock, hymn 394. We'll do all verses. <laughs> is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but holy name of Jesus' name. Oh, Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is safe and sand. All of the ground is safe and
looking for that one day, amen, when, when we all get to heaven, you know. Heaven's getting sweeter all the time, amen. Let's all stand, if you would, please, and let's sing that hymn, hymn number 552, I Shall Not Be Moved. Come ahead, brother. Hymn 552, I shall not be moved. Central Park Baptist Church this morning. We're awful glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming. If you're a first-time visitor here and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll slip up your hand right now, our ushers are going to give you that card. I'm going to ask you to fill that card out. And then after the service in the foyer, I'll be standing behind a welcome desk. And if you'll give me that card, I have a gift bag I want to give you to thank you for coming and being a part of Central Park Baptist Church this morning. I know there's a lot of things going on in this world, but you took time to be in church this morning with us, and we're glad that you came. Thank you so much for being a part of our service, and welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. And if you're glad to be here, say, Amen. Amen. That's not bad. That's not bad. Well, now that last song I told Brother Marco, we singing, I shall not be moved, and some of you look like it, too. So let's, uh, we got a couple more songs left, so y'all get with it, amen. Smile a little bit, make the devil wonder what you're up to. Right. Amen. Devil can't read your thoughts. Right. Amen. So just smile, and he'll think you're just having the best time. 
and we ought to be that anyway. We're in the Lord's house today, amen. And not only that, but we have an opportunity to give, amen, of our tithes and offerings today. And I want to encourage you. God said, prove me now herewith that I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there'll not be room enough to receive it. So let me encourage you today. Give us unto the Lord and be a cheerful giver. And all God's people can say amen to that too. May God bless you as you give. Father, bless us, Lord, today. Uh, Lord, it's good to uh, be in your house this morning, uh, this side of heaven. Lord, one day we'll not get to worship like this. And so, Lord, I pray that God, that we'll... Uh, understand the privilege, God, of being here today together just like this to worship you, Lord, today. And I pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts. And may, Lord, during this time of worship, as we give our tithes and offerings today, may we do it with a clean heart and a right spirit, Lord, and and do it, uh, Lord, with a smile on our face and be a cheerful giver. And God will be mindful to give you the praise and the glory for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. If we're able to rise, we'd like to, uh, oh, no, wait a minute. We want to dismiss, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, <laughs> I apologize. At this time, we want to uh, dismiss uh, fifth grade and under, fifth grade and under. Uh, you're now dismissed Virginia Church. Our career, in min our career ministry is now dismissed at this time. Fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed Virginia Church. And our career ministry is now dismissed for Korean Church. Amen, amen. I'll get it right sooner or later. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just excited to sing this next song because I love this next song. Hymn 381, hymn 381. I just keep trusting my Lord. Hymn 381, hymn 381. I just keep trusting my Lord. After this song, please briefly greet each other as we prepare for this morning special, okay? Hymn 381, I just keep trusting my Lord. I just keep trusting my Lord as I walk along. Just keep trusting my Lord as 
such a faithful friend, such a faithful friend, I can count to the very end, to the very end, though the storm cloud darkened the sky, oh, the heavenly trend, I just keep trusting my Lord, he will never fail. Amen. Please greet each other at this time. Sing. 
again, child of God, you're going to get to go in too, amen? And what a host and what a day that's going to be, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. First, look in Colossians, if you would please, in the first chapter, Colossians in the first chapter, if you would please, and I want to begin reading uh, in verse 12, and we'll read down through verse 22. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. If you found your place, say amen. Oh, that's not very many. We'll give you a second. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Find your place, say amen. amen. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet 
to be the be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is being and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in all things, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, uh, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Father, I pray, God, that you'd help us this morning. Uh, God, I pray that you would uh, use us, Lord, today and uh, as vessels for the cause of Christ. But, Lord, right now, I pray, God, that we'll give ear for just a few moments. And, Lord, allow you, dear Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts. And, Lord, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I've been studying the last uh, several weeks on the thought of who is Jesus. And uh, not who Jesus was, but who Jesus is. Amen. Uh, and I, I, when we were talking about my day at the service, I told them, I said, listen, my, you know, we, we have a tendency when folks go home to be with the Lord that we have a tendency to say, oh, they, they were good people. No, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I told the folks, I said, my folks are not a was, they are an is. Amen. They're, they're more alive today than they've ever been. Amen. And I'm here to let you know that Jesus is an is. So uh, I started to first look at, uh, you know, when we talk about who Jesus is, I thought, well, let's look at and see who the religions of this world say he is. Uh, Islam says that Jesus is a prophet sent from Allah, uh, but deny that he's God. Hinduism says that Jesus is a God, and they're even willing to say that Jesus Christ uh, is divine but that he is, uh, he is only a way to God. Buddhism says that Jesus was an enlightened man, a, a wise teacher, but not God in the flesh. The New Age movement says that Jesus is a man who completed a process of spiritual evolution over successive generations of reincarnation, becoming an enlightened master. Yeah, that's what the New Age movement says he is. Uh, and there are some others that say things uh, about the Lord. In fact, I came across, a, 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 uh, when I was studying, a, a, a news clip back in 2000 where Peter Jennings, you, some of you remember who he is, and uh, he did a, a, a story on the search for Jesus. And as you can guess, he almost immediately began to try and discredit not only Jesus as the Son of God, but he 
began to discredit uh, the Bible as well. Talked about the discrepancies that were found that, that he said are in the four Gospels. And, and you know, the arguments of, of, of men like this or people like this, really, if you listen to them, makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and that's what I, I, I got out of this. In fact, uh, from my listening to him, he never found the Lord. And the reason he didn't find him is because he wasn't looking for him. You see, if you want to find the Lord, you will find him if you look for him. Bryant Gumbel uh, was interviewing Larry King on CNN one time, and, and he asked Larry King, he said, Larry, if you could ask God only one question, what would it be? And Larry King replied these words, and he said, I would ask him if he has a son. And I thought, that's a good question. It's an interesting question. Uh, but I have the answer for him today, and the answer is yes, he does have a son, and, and his name is Jesus, amen? Uh, John Blanchard, who said this, that of all the people who have ever lived since the dawn of civilization, only a handful have made a real lasting impression. Only a handful have actually changed the world. He went on to say that, that of the Lord Jesus, he said, every recorded word that Jesus said has been sifted analyzed, scrutinized, and debated more than all uh, the historians, philosophers, and scientists put together. And I say he is absolutely right. He was here over 2,000 years ago, and after those 2,000-plus years, listen, there has never been one minute on this earth that millions of people have not been studying what he said. Did y'all catch what I said? Uh, listen, over the 2,000, I'm going to say it again, over the 2,000 years that he has been here, not one minute on this earth uh, has gone by that there have not been millions of people who are not studying what he said. Here is a person who lived in a small, tiny little place, and yet his birth divides the centuries. You have A.D. and you have B.C. A renowned historian named Kenneth Scott said, Jesus has had more effect on the history of mankind than any other of its race who ever existed. Now listen, he's not a preacher. Uh, he is just a historian, and he said this. Uh, to explain Jesus said, he said, uh, to explain Jesus Christ is impossible. To ignore Jesus Christ is disastrous, and to reject him is fatal. To know him is to love him. To love him is to trust him, and to trust him is to be radically, dramatically, and eternally changed. Human speech is too limited to describe him. The human mind is too small to comprehend him, and the human heart can never really absorb who he is. Amen. And so here in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, go back there and look. It says, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. There is, there's the answer for Larry King right there. God does have a Son, and his name is Jesus Christ. Listen, if you go on and read verses 14 through 21, I challenge you to do that. 
you'll find that in verse 18 it says that in all things he, Christ, might have the preeminence. The Lord Jesus Christ does not want a place in your life. He does not wish for prominence in your life. He deserves preeminence. He demands preeminence in our lives as his children today. So who is Jesus that he deserves and demands preeminence in our lives? Well, three quick things, and I want you to get these. Number one, Jesus, first of all, reveals the Father. If you go back in verse 15 and you read there, it tells us that Jesus, watch, is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. That word image uh, here is where we get our English word icon. It means the exact representation. Listen, Jesus is the icon or the exact a rep, or the exact representation or the exact replica, if you will, of God. Unlike man, though, Jesus Christ is the perfect image of God. And when he died on the cross, if you remember, he told the men, he said, it is expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter cannot come. That word comforter in the Greek word, it means paraclete. It means the one the exact, just exactly like me. And he he said that if I go not away, that the Holy Spirit of God, one just like me, cannot come and dwell in you as a believer. So he said, it is expedient that I go away. Well, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit of God, listen, that God the Father, uh, we are able to see him in the exact representation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Amen. Now watch, he did not become the image of God uh, at the incarnation, but has been that from eternity. That's hard to get. Amen. But we just have to understand it the best we can by faith. Amen. Hebrews 1.3, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory, and it says, And the express image of his person. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 9, He that hath seen me has seen the Father. In Christ, what? The invisible God became visible. Who is Jesus? Jesus reveals the Father. If you want to know God, then you must know His Son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, I'm thankful today that we can know the Father, but you got to know Him through the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew eleven twenty seven, Jesus said, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father except the Son, and he to whom uh, he to whomsoever the Son reveal him. Now listen, either that's true or it's not. Amen. In fact, John chapter fourteen and verse six it says, "No man cometh to the Father but by me." And 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 I'll paraphrase here. Jesus is simply saying, "You can't know the Father unless I introduce you to Him." Amen. So you have the Father. Come, come here, Brother Shelton. Come here, Brother Marco. Come here, Malachi. So you have you have the Father, and uh, you have Malachi is works. Okay. Uh, Brother Marco, he's going to be baptism. 
and somebody, and, and let's say baptism comes up, and he wants, to, he wants to have a relationship with the Father. Okay, somebody gets saved, and they think, well, that baptism is the way to the Father. So he's on his way to the Father to try to talk to him. Well, excuse me, wait a minute, where are you going? I was going to go to the Father. Oh, Jesus says, oh, no. You can only go to him unless I introduce you. You, you follow me? Oh no! If you want to, if you want to, if you want to talk to him, you got to go through me first. Oh, but somebody says, "Oh, but I can get saved by works." So works on his way, and, and said, "Oh no, excuse me, wait, wait, where are you going?" I'm gonna go see the oh Bible. no, no. The Lord says, "No, you can't do it. You can't, you can't go to the Father unless I introduce you to Him." You follow me? A lot of people today are trying to get to the Father by other means. They're trying to get to the Father through baptism. They're trying to get to the Father through works. They try to get to the Father through uh, church membership. They try to get to the Father in a lot of different ways. But Jesus, listen, he said, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, if you want to know the Father, then you're going to have to have a relationship with the Son. Amen. Because Jesus said, I, The only way you can get to him is through me. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price, amen? And listen, so if you want to have a relationship with the Father, then you're going to have to get to know the Son a little bit more. And the more you get to know the Son, the better relationship you're going to have with the Father. Amen. Thank you, man. Y'all can be seated. A lot of people today, though, they want to get to him any other way except through Jesus. But Jesus, listen, uh, he said only through me. You say, well, I've had people say, well, you know, that's kind of narrow-minded. Well, you know, the reality is if I go to my doctor and he tells me that I'm sick, you know, I want my doctor to be narrow-minded. I don't want, if I've got uh, cancer, I don't want him to say, you know, if you'll take this little pill, this will help your sinuses really good. Now, wait a minute, that's kind of broad, don't you think? I want my doctor to be narrow-minded. I want him to say, listen, you've got it, but if you do this and this, then then we can help you, and we think that we're going to get all of it, but you've got to do this. I want you to know, I'm not going to go to him and say, man, well, that's kind of narrow-minded. You know, I know, listen, I I want to get rid of this, but listen, uh, is is there, no, wait a minute, I want my doctor to be narrow-minded. If I'm on an airplane... And we're flying somewhere, and the, and we're coming in from a, on a, a you know to to a, a landing and to our destination, and and the pilot says, you know, I think I can make it with just the front set of landing gear down. <laughs> no, I want him to be narrow-minded. I want him to say, no, listen, folks, all of these scenarios, all of this has to be right if we're going to land here. I don't want him to come in and say, listen, I think we can, you know, I think we can make it without all this. I think, no, wait a minute. I want the pilot to be narrow-minded. Well, listen, don't we need to be narrow-minded when it comes to our eternity today? Why do we want to take a chance on where we're going to spend eternity on whether we're going to get there or not? Why do we want to take a chance on that? I'm not going to take a chance. I want someone like the Lord Jesus. Listen, he's saying he is narrow-minded. He didn't say, I am a way. Amen. He didn't say that. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way. You can pick 
maybe these guys, you know, what the Hindu, uh, Hindus say that he is or Islam says that he is or all of these other religions. Listen, no, Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I, I'm him. And if you want to know the Father, you got to come through me. Listen, he didn't say, I am not only the way, but I, he said, I didn't say, I am a life. He didn't say, I'm a, I'm a good way to live if you want to live like, no, wait a minute. We're not going to stay here. We're headed to eternity. Right. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Oh, oh, well, wait a minute. That means if you have anything other than what we hold in our hands today, then it's not the truth. Oh, you know, we got to be careful about that. And we're going to get into a little more of that as we go along. Maybe not today, but in the weeks to come. Listen, God was made manifest in the flesh. You see, the Lord Jesus at the age of 12, you remember when he went into the temple and he was having a conversation with all these elders and, 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 and you know, use your imagination a little bit. And he's sitting in there with all these aged and wise men. And, and, and I can, you know, he's answered, they were amazed at him. And I can imagine say, one of them saying, hey, how old are you? I mean, really? How, I mean, how old are you? And he answered this, well, on my mother's side, I'm 12. But on my father's side, I'm older than my mother, and I'm as old as my father. Amen. He was both, listen, he was both God and man. Now, on his mother's side, he got thirsty. But on his father's side, he said, I am the water of life. On his mother's side, he got hungry. But on his father's side, he took a, a little lad's lunch and fed 5,000 with it. On his mother's side, he had no place to lay his head. But on his father's side, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The wealth in every mine. Listen, on his mother's side, he wept at the grave of Lazarus. But on his father's side, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he raised him from the dead. Amen. That's who Jesus is. He's God in the flesh. Um, he's the image of God. So let me ask, would you like to know the Father? Would you like to know what God the Father is really like? Would you like to know his heart? Then know this, that Jesus reveals the Father. You have to know Jesus. You can't know the Father unless you know Jesus. You see, Jesus reveals the Father. Number two. Jesus is the ruler of the future. Look in verses 16 through 20. If you go through there and you read those, and I'll not take the time to read them. But if you look down there in verse 20, there's a phrase there that says, we're talking about the Lord Jesus is the ruler of the future. It says, to reconcile all things to himself. People say, well, what's this world coming to? Well, the answer to that is it's coming to Jesus. Yeah. Look in verse 16. It says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven uh, that are in, uh, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things, all things, everything were created by him and for him. Well, that lets me know that the Lord is the power of creation. Oh, wait a minute. You mean we didn't evolve? 
Uh, you don't believe in absol- uh, evolution? Absolutely not. You see, if evolution is true, then, then you have a problem with the Bible. And if you believe the Bible, then you're going to have a problem with evolution. Because if the Bible can't tell me where I came from, then it can't tell me where I'm headed. Amen. Listen, if there's no creation, if there's no Adam and Eve, if there's no Garden of Eden, then, then there's no fall into sin. And if there's no fall into sin, there's no need of the new birth, and therefore there's no need of Christ coming and dying on the cross. But Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, Nicodemus, ye must be born again. If you believe in evolution, then you're going to have trouble in society. And we're seeing the result of that right now today. There was a guy a few years back named Michael Behe. I guess that's how you say his name. B-E-H-E. He wrote a book that contradicted evolution and, and, and drew a lot of critique from those who do believe in evolution. And uh, the book was called Darwin's Black Box. And in that book, he talked about uh, what he called irreducible complexity. He said these words. He said, if you take life and reduce it back until you can't reduce it any simpler, and when you look at the simplest part, it is so complex that there is no way possible that just one cell could have come about by evolution because all the components in that one cell are uh, interdependent. It takes one for the other to be there. And that one cell, you have rods. Brother Marco talked about these Wednesday night. And these rods are known as chromosomes. And watch, and in these chromosomes, you have genes or you have your genetic makeup. And that's what we call DNA. And today, they look at that DNA and they say, you know, there's a mind there. Uh, There's intelligence in that. Listen, there's not randomness there. But evolution states that we all came by random stance and it all just happened. Well, listen, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God spoke and bang, it happened. In that one cell, there's enough information. Listen, that if printed one cell, it would take 600,000 books to write down the code of the DNA that is in that one cell. And listen, and there are trillions of them in your body. That cell determines your intellect or the lack thereof. It determines the color of your hair or the lack of thereof. It determines your personality. It determines whether you're male or female. There's, there's no, there's no uh, confusion in that. Who did all that? Well... Let's don't take my word for it. Let's see what God says. You see, this is the problem. Uh, we're not going back to thus saith the Lord. We're going back to Dr. Doolittle and Dr. Know Nothing. Amen. They, they don't have a clue. We're going back to these guys that are educated beyond their intelligence. But listen, I want to go to the one who created that intelligence, amen. I want to go and find out what he said about all these things that were created. And if you look in verse 16, you want to know who, who did all this? Who, who is it that made us? It says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, the Bible says all things were created by him. Listen, he is the ruler. He is the creator of all things. He is the power of creation, and we can all say amen. 
But notice he is also the preserver of creation. Look in verse 17. It tells us that by him all things, that look at this little word, consist. The word consist here means uh, they stick together. In other words, Jesus is the glue of all the galaxies. He's the one who fuels the sun and keeps the stars in their orbits. Listen, I don't care what they say about climate change and all that other stuff. Listen, this place has been preserved until the judgment of Almighty God. And it'll be around until that day. Amen. No matter what we do, listen, it's still going to be here till then. Why? Because it says, by him all things consist. Um, I mean, Isaiah 40 and verse 26, it says, Behold, lift up your eyes, and behold who hath created these things. You know, when we were doing my, my folks' service the other day, and I remember, and I've told you about this, that my dad bought a, a 1968 a Bonneville Pontiac two-door. There were seven of us. We were kids. It had white leather interior. Yeah, we were kids. You, you catching what I'm throwing? Yeah. And we drove that thing everywhere for as long as my mama allowed him to do that. Uh, but I remembered my place was back those days, you, uh, you know, I wasn't big at all, but it had a pretty big spot behind the back seat right by the wind, the back glass. I'd crawl up in there at night, and I would stick my face up on the cool glass of that window at night, and I would, I'd, I would just look out at the stars, and I would, I, I love to see uh, shooting or falling stars, and man, I would look back up at that, and I would think, man, it, this is the neatest thing ever. I look, I watch documentaries today of Alaska and those things, and, and they will pan away, and, and they will pan back up into the, the night sky, and it's pitch black, and, and out in the, in the distance, you can see literally an innumerable amount of stars and, and galaxies that are in there, and the Bible says, behold, and lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? Listen, I want you to know, I don't believe that something came from nothing. But I believe that there is a God who loves us and He created all those things and He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me. That's who Jesus is. He is the power behind creation. He's the preserver of it. But He is also, watch this, the reconciler of the fallen. Look in verses 18 through 21. Uh, these verses tell us, it says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be the things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet hath he reconciled. Listen, this Jesus who reveals the Father this Jesus who controls the future, this same Jesus, and I quote, this same Jesus, not a different Jesus, 
not someone else, not someone who the New Age movement says or who says Allah said, but listen, this same Jesus, the Jesus of this book, this same Jesus, the one who's coming back for us one of these days when the Bible says this same Jesus will come in like manner as ye have seen him go. Amen. This same Jesus one day is coming back for us. This same Jesus who reveals the Father, he is the one who reconciles lost and sinful man to himself. You see, the Apostle Paul is saying that Jesus is the one who made everything. It all belongs to him. Yet he hung naked on a cross. God, the mighty master or the mighty maker, he died for man. He died for the creature's sin. And and I want you to get what's happening here. Paul is introducing us to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's telling him, man, this is he who made all things. I mean, he, Paul puts him up where he belongs, on the throne of all things, and he says, man, he made everything with a spoken word. He just spoke, and, and it came into being. This is the, the, the Jesus that I'm talking about. This is the one who made you, the one who, who holds everything in this place, the one that everything that we look at is by him. All things consist, and he he introduces up, he puts him high up in, uh, on the throne of all things, and he says, this same Jesus, he's the one that died on the cross. He brings us back down to reality. He tells us just how great and awesome he is, and then he tells us of the, the blood of his cross and how he died on the cross, the one who made every seed, every limb, every tree. He died on a tree. The one who made the oceans and the one who made the rivers and streams, he cried out and said, I thirst. The one from whom his omnipotent fingertips, he flung the galaxies into place. As he hung there on the cross, he's blistered by the sun that he created. Sure, others died. But his death and his deity are, listen, uh, they, they, they're put together on the cross. They're one and the same. And it's his deity that makes his death meaningful. A lot of other, listen, we all die. Yep. One thing that I really came to reality this week is that we all die. Yep. But there's something different about Jesus. You see, Jesus is God's son. He created all things. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son, died to save you and from me. Listen, it was by his blood on the cross that he reconciled us. And watch, if you look in verse 18, the Bible says that he made peace with God. It says, and he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in all things, watch, he might have preeminence. And you go back down and you begin to read about the peace of God. It reminds me of a story of a, a lady who's dying in the hospital and they called the preacher in. She didn't have much time left. And, and he bent down and, and he said, ma'am, uh, you're about to die. You, you need to make peace with God. And she just shook her head like this. No. He said, man, you don't understand. You're about to die. There's nothing that they can do. You need to make peace with God. And she shook her head no. And he leaned down by her, and she tried to tell. She began to whisper, and she whispered in his ear and told him, I don't need to make peace with God. Jesus already made peace for me. Amen. And I thought, what an awesome thing. Listen. Uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin, made peace with God on our behalf. Yeah. 
the conclusion here is, is in verse 18. Notice what it says, though. This is the important part. This is where we've all come to. Why did all this happen? It says, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he, Christ, might have preeminence. Can I ask you something? Do you believe that Jesus is the revealer of God? Yeah. Do you believe that he reconciles men to God? Yeah. Do you believe that he ought to have preeminence in our life? If you believe that, can I ask you this question? Does Jesus Christ have preeminence in your life? I didn't say prominence. I didn't say, you know, number two. Does he have preeminence? Like the young man that went and re, he went and, and uh, uh, asked his fiance or his his girlfriend if she would marry him. He went to her and he called her by name and said, "He said I want to know if you would be willing to be number two in my life." You know why? Because Jesus was number one. You know what, folks? If we'll put Jesus as number one, everything else will fall right into place. But if he's not number one, you're in trouble. You see, so the question again remains, does Jesus Christ have preeminence in your life? If you can't answer that yes, then can I tell you this morning, there needs to be a change. Uh, Christ demands preeminence. Why does he do that? Because he's made all things. And by by him, all things were created. And he, listen, he holds our eternity in his hands. Does he not deserve preeminence? First place? Absolutely. You say, well, how do I give him that? Well, first of all, you've got to come through Jesus. If you're here and you're not saved... Listen, that's where you start. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. Where are you going? Nope, wait a minute. <laughs> nope, you can't get here You can't get here from over there. You can't get here from over there. you got to come through me. Jesus said, I'm the way. Listen, if you want to have a relationship, you know, a lot of Christians today don't have a relationship with the Father. You know why? Because they're not willing to have a relationship with the Son. Yeah. And they suffer as a result. Can I tell you today that God loves you? Yeah. God loves you. And he gave his only son just for you. Can I challenge you today? Make him preeminent. Don't let anything get between him and you. He's first. Father, help us. God, I pray that you'd. Speak to our hearts this morning. God, you're, you are the revealer. You are the image of God the Father. You, you were, became flesh and dwelt among us. You showed us. You said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God, you will reconcile us to God if, if, if we'll just come. And Lord, I pray, God, this morning, that if someone here that's lost, I pray, Father, that you'd touch their hearts and they'll get saved. God, I pray that, Lord, if... Uh, they'll people understand that, God, that the way to the Father is through Jesus. God, help us today. 
Maybe that Christian, Lord, that's not living for you like they should. Maybe, Lord, they, you're important to them, but, God, you're not preeminent. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help them to come today and do business with you this morning. Help us, Father, not to miss out on this opportunity to do what you would have us to do. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we just sing a verse, I pray that, that if you need to come today.